Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah, release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. 80% of your immune systems in your gut. 90% of the serotonin comes from your gut. So if you're eating trash and you're not clear in your mind, how clear can you be with a loved one? How clear can you be with yourself and those decisions that you're actually making? Probably not that clear at all. Hi, my name is Mark Groves and I'm obsessed with understanding human behavior and why we do what we do. In this podcast, I interview the world's most brilliant minds and hearts where I get to explore alongside you every subject you can imagine relating to our human experience and how we relate. It is my deepest intention that we all learn how to create the life and love that we've always dreamt of. Now, before we get rolling, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And one ask that I have, and an amazing way that you can help support the podcast is by wherever you listen to it, giving it a five-star review and a written review. With all that said, let's dive in and transform our lives. Mr. Drew Canoli, welcome back. Good to be back. I mean, in the Mr. Setting? Mark Groves. The setting? You're a father now. Dude, you're about to be one. About to be. By the time this comes out, you might. It could your be child today. Might be Earthside. It could be today. Bailey, please don't have a child today. Just not in this moment. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm so happy to have you back on. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah, it's good you to do. see you. Last time I saw you, we were in Sedona. We were chilling in Sedona as the pandemic occurred. Yes. Around us, we were enjoying crystals. But we weren't in the pandemic. Not there. We're still not there. No, <laughs> kinda. <laughs> well, I wanted to have you back on because. One, I think your story of how you created what you've created, but a lot of people don't know the origins of Drew Canoli. You know, I think when people see someone who experiences success or health and those, they don't know all the reps mm -hmm. that go into it. You know, they think like, oh, that person got lucky. Or Yeah, I've heard that my whole life. Right. And when someone has gone through something, they don't they don't see what you've turned it into. So maybe we could start there. Where Absolutely. did you get this passion that's been cultivated for really like true health, true fitness, but really like nourishment on every level? Well, I think fundamentally, I was born into the earth plane with a lot of trauma. You know this, but maybe for the person listening, I was abused. I was tortured as a kid from zero to five. It was one of the worst cases in Michigan, Cadillac, Michigan, that they'd ever seen. And I still, my mom still has the newspaper. Like your adopted yeah, mom? Yeah, my adopted mom still yeah. has it. 
where it was, you know, if I couldn't tie my shoes fast enough, my dad would put cigarettes out on my forehead or they fed me through a doggy door for like weeks on end. And I was outside at thunderstorms and my dad would hold my head underneath the bathtub water as he would give me baths as a kid. So all the wiring that I got as a child, one would guess that you had to rewire it. Right. So my whole life has been about rewiring those moments, moment by moment, and really reaching for something that is beyond this realm. Luckily for me, at a young age, at the age of five, I had my first lucid dream. And when you I, were still with your When I was dad. still with my dad. And I, it was this monster that I saw that was this huge eight-foot monster in the dream. And I realized that I had the power to wake up in the dream. For whatever reason, I'm like, this is a dream. So I focused on the monster and I shrunk it. And as the monster shrank in the dream, I was like, come here. And I held it in my arms. And when I woke up with tears in my eyes because I no longer wet the bed after a year of having the same dream over and over again, I realized that that monster in the dream was my father in the awakened reality. The hall of mirrors, the reality that you and I live in, the projection or the perception shifted. And all of a sudden, my dad changed who he was in the earth plane. He never laid his hands on me again because of the distinction that I made in the other realm. And I brought that into the awakened dream. Dude, you never told me this part of it. Yeah. That's we went a little deeper today, but I figured since we're on the beach. We're in the first four this minutes. Is the you know, this is great. Yeah. Shit, where are we going? Yeah, exactly. So I know that you've always had like, just in knowing you, I've known yeah. that you've always had like lucid dreams and like yeah. danced in the other realms in the dreams, but yeah. that started through the abuse through all the pain i wanted to leave my body and dissociating from your body is something a lot of people do today oh you know the economy the markets the stock market i'm just gonna leave my the body pandemic the, i'm gonna escape right, right? right? escapism is huge netflix a lot of guys are watching porn Social every single media. night giving up their chi whatever it is you know <laughs> yeah. for me the escapism was like okay well if i could change that dream then i can change this dream so at five, when you shrunk the monster, yeah. cuddled the monster, when you came to, your father was different. He was different. Yeah, he shifted energetically. Wow. Because there's more than meets the eye in the physical material reality. So it's like, how can I change the, the energy that I'm presenting to the world so that the world shifts in front of me? I don't think we often, you know, we hear quotes like from uh, Wayne Dyer, like, uh, you know, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. Yeah. When you're like deep in it, it is something as subtle and simple as that that can completely change how you see the world. Usually it's some sort of emotional rock bottom or, or health rock bottom that makes us want to see or we've been failed by a system. Like yeah. you have an autoimmune or you have an illness and you go to your doctor and your doctor's like, oh, you just there's gotta, no cure. Yeah. yeah. Or there's no way out. Like you hear that about things like fibroids, things like autoimmune, yeah. you know, all these things all the that stuff. Crohn's colitis, you know, all these things that people have cured. Yeah. But yet the idea is, no, you can't. I think to add to that, I think because most people are playing in the physical dimension and in the physical dimension, it's very much science. It's what can right. I feel? The science. Yeah, the yeah, science. PM. Whereas this is the 3D. The physical reality is 3D. Now, a lot of the ancient mystics and initiates were going to the 4D, which was mental. So in the mental realm, if you can change something, which is what I did in the dream. In here. In here, yeah. you can change it in your mind, you can change it in your reality. If you can hold it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. Which that's what I see so much is that people have a truth, they know, but they're afraid to acknowledge it because the dissonance is too great and it's gonna fracture the dream that the pretend world they're living in, that yeah. that abuse is okay, that trauma, that, that behavior you have is still, I can still get away with it. But in order to get away with unintegrated knowledge, you have to numb it. 
Yeah, you're lying to yourself. And most people would rather have the blue pill and go back to sleeping again. But you can't. Like, that's the (laughs) thing. You can't pretend. You know, I think often, like, you can't pretend you didn't get a lightning bolt to the soul. You could try. But, like, once the awakening or the invitation to just... Because, you know, I think ultimately what might be titled as an awakening is really starting to question your reality. Starting to question the things you were taught. Starting to ask, who am I? Careful, though, because once you let a little light in that door then you just want to swing the whole entire door open. Right. And then you lose yourself. Like you become somebody new that you would never imagine that you could be. So hanging out with you is like a floodlight to your soul. It's very uncomfortable to be around. And hanging out with me, same thing. It's like, if you want to spend time with me, and you're going to transform. I can never tell you a limitation. I know that. Because if I'm like, oh, I can't do that. You're like, come on. Yeah. There's no limitation. Right. I think in hindsight, mentally, it makes sense now. But as a kid, it's like I knew. You were still in the... It's like, this is the way. And I was just following the innate intelligence of my body. Because, I mean, you've studied somatic and, you know, inner knowing is in your body and your heart. Like, I think we're like, if you've ever watched the octopus teacher, like an octopus, their whole body's a brain. And I think the human body, we haven't even begun to understand how powerful it is. Like, I knew it. Like the heart. I knew it in my soul. The, and, the gut brain. Yeah. I mean, there's so much intelligence. Yeah. So when I removed my thinking brain and I would just witness my reality, it's like, this was the way. And as a kid, I was so close to source. It's like, I knew I just had to stay on that path. And one door would be open and then the next door. And I knew that before uh, much longer, would you know, much time would take place. I'm like, we're going to be taken out of the situation. How long was that till... So till I was about five, and then we were put in a foster Did you have home. the dream right before you were taken? Exactly. Wow. So I knew it was coming. It was like precognition. And then I know this is a little woo, probably for people on here, but I started yeah, right to in. experience, like, this old man would just show up in my field, and he's like, God has great things in store for you. So we'll call it an angelic, or maybe I was hallucinating at the time or something, but the awakened dream was collapsing with the sleeping dream. Damn. Yeah. And you're like six. And I'm like six years old. I don't remember anything like that at six. The the DMT that, that is released in a lucid dream is like 50 times more powerful. They've done MRI scans on this than even being awake. Wow. So it's like instant neural network rewired, done. There's no way you can go back. Your dad was sentenced to, what was it like? Three life sentences. Wow. Yeah. But that doesn't tell you the significance. So then... When I was 27, I'm like, this guy's still in prison. He doesn't deserve to be in prison anymore. How old was he? I think he was probably mid-50s at the time. So I wrote a letter to the prison asking them to release him. So really forgiving, but the next step is forg- from forgiving is thanking. So I wrote a letter appreciating him for bringing me into the earth plane. Because without him, I wouldn't be here. And even with all the abuse. these letters? Was I sent him the letter. He wrote me a letter back and it you know, shattered my heart into a million pieces. He's like, I've been praying for you every day. He's like, I'm sorry for what I did at that age. He's like, I didn't know better. Had he like processed and done all the rehabilitation? I think in prison, he was very dogmatic, like reading the Bible, that kind of stuff, which is great to step up from where he was to to really get into his heart. But uh, yeah, that letter, 90 days later, he got released from jail. Did you ever imagine that would happen? No, but I've had John Carter moments where it's like, I need to go see him in person. And, and meet him. Have you spent time with him? Not yet. No, you haven't yet? Not yet. So since he got That's out of like prison, the next you step. still haven't met him in person? No, my sister did. And she was kind of like, it's a good thing that maybe you didn't. <laughs> and like, take some time? Yeah. It's a lot of processing. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine. Because having a bit of distance from it at least makes it yeah. somatically feel 
exactly uh, manageable. Yeah, and my parents are my adopted parents, and my father is the characteristics of father. You know, I've had many mentors who have come to my, you know, aid in a time of need, and they're like fathers to me. Frank, who's like 87 years old, he's one of my best friends. And I spent five years with him every single morning reading, getting into talk like this. Like, he, you would love Frank. How old were you when that, when you had a relationship with Frank? Probably 29, so like he 33. Was a mentor for you. He was a total mentor, sage. When did you start really getting into fitness, mental, emotional fitness? Like really Around that time. Because Frank, Frank told me, he's like, if you do anything else, make sure every day you help at least one person. And I was 40 pounds overweight. I was feeling a little lazy every day, lethargic. I was running a credit and debt settlement company, chasing money. Oh, shit. And I'm like, I don't want to chase money. Like, it's not worth it. Right. All the money in the world's not worth you sacrificing your soul, your energy, your time. You want to do something that lights you up. So I heard that a million times growing up and reading books and stuff like that. I've always been a big reader. But when Frank told me, I'm like, all right, time to start. And I had always loved health, but I didn't look healthy. So I went out and I bought a Jack LaLanne juicer after a buddy told me that he, his dad healed himself of this really nasty disease in his body by juicing greens every single day. So I'm like, if this guy healed himself from this, what can I do with green juice and adding some adaptogens in like ashwagandha and rhodiola and these other things that we add to Organifi's products. And I literally in 90 days lost 40 pounds Went from over 20% body fat, probably 22% body fat, down to sub 7%. Got in the best shape of my life. And I filmed a video every day on one of those HD flip cams. You remember those HD flip cams? Yeah, I do. And I would plug it in and I'd edit myself because it was a one-man company back yeah. then. I posted it on YouTube and it spread like wildfire, man. People wanted it. It was nuts. People wanted to change their life. They saw the light in my eyes get turned back on. Like it was just this inner spark. So you filmed every day the transformation. Every day. So you were like documenting. Yeah. Your body change was in real time. Your yeah. Every, wow. And they saw it. Are all those videos still on YouTube? Most of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I got in the best shape of my life and people wanted to do it. And then oh, before you know it, 90 days later, people are sending in their before and after photos. From doing the same. Yeah. So thousands of photos are coming in. People are changing their lives. They're healing skin issues. They're healing different disease in the body. All by the power of the juice. Well, I think that's what's interesting about transformation is like in my uh, program, Rediscover Your Wholeness. Yeah. It's 30 days, but the interesting what I wanted to do was that for people to experience it's that the process of it is changing underlying core beliefs, like a couple really yeah. important ones that we all sort of have under, you know, operating in our unconscious. I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, safe. I'm not lovable. Huge one. Whatever they are. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm unworthy. What I notice is that if you want to start to change those beliefs, you know, you integrate like a boundary, you set in new boundaries, mm. you create a life around your values. But what happens is the, the feedback is not immediate when you change emotional things. Like if I set a boundary, it takes a while, a while for That's me so true. to physiologically experience. Because the first part is fear, guilt, anxiety, right? Because there's like, you're changing how you orient to relationships. Your relationships are going to change. Yeah. You might lose some. But if you attach the same sort of change to nutrition and fitness, you get immediate feedback. Like, if you decide that you want to change your life physiologically, like if I all of a sudden want to start, you know, uh, running or walking because I don't walk yet, yeah. I walk, 
As soon as you're on a walk, you feel good. Yeah, well, the dopamine's up right. 200%. You've affirmed that you're enough because you went for the walk. Yeah. You know, so you change a belief already right away. If you eat nutritious foods, you feel it right away. So I don't think there's any transformation that's isolated. Because if I start with food, I can't then have unhealthy relationships. It's impossible to hold because they're diametrically opposed. Like you can't have a belief that you're enough and eat food that validates it and keep relationships that weren't. I got you know? chills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like when I think about you can't change your relationship to your mom and then eat, you know, French fries every day. Like it's just not possible. Yeah. Well, because you are the living altar of you and you are the universe, you inverse. So you're flipped inside out, right? Like so it. everything you experience is through your eyes. Your perception creates your reception. So you're creating your reality. If you haven't heard me talk about Cozier Sheets before, let me tell you, I'm about to introduce you to the greatest sheets you will ever have touch your body. Anytime someone comes to our house and stays in our guest room, they always want to know what is the bed situation? What are the sheets that we have? Their sheets, their comforters, their duvets, everything is magic. Their bedding is naturally breathable. It's temperature regulating. It's so damn soft. It's ethically sourced viscose from bamboo. It's incredible. And the brand was featured on Oprah's favorite thing but before that it was featured on Mark's favorite things. Like I discovered this brand years ago before I ever even chatted with them about being a sponsor for the podcast. And because I love their product so much, I asked for an exclusive offer for you and you get 40% off site-wide. And now they have pajamas. They have like loungewear. So not only do you get to wrap yourself in the experience of the sheets as clothing, but you then get to get into the bed in that. So you're like double wrapped. And so all you got to do to save 40% off site-wide is use the code GROVES at checkout. So just my last name, G-R-O-V-E-S. So go to CozyEarth.com. C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H dot com and use the code Groves and you get 40% off all their products. Now, if you have lots of omega-3s, a lot of vitamin Bs, it's been proven that that actually gets rid of anxiety. You're literally changing your inner world. Like your whole brain starts to get rid of inflammation. Now, if you're inflamed or you're in pain, how much do you love being present with somebody? If right. you got a neck ache or a back ache, you can't be. So that's why even in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the pyramid, yeah. the first one is physical safety, like shelter, yeah, food. food. And what is your inner environment doing, right? A lot of uh, Manny P. Hall wrote a lot about the inner anatomy and how it's related to the Bible. And he connects the inner anatomy to the Bible. So that the lost land of Egypt, where the Israelites were walking around for 40 years was actually the gut broken down in an analogy map. Yeah. So if you get lost in your gut and you don't have this, right, you're going to be all over the place. Your thoughts aren't going to be as connected because 80% of your immune system's in your gut. 90% of the serotonin comes from your gut. So if you're eating trash every single day and you're not clear in your mind, how clear can you be with a loved one? How clear can you be with yourself and those decisions that you're actually making? Probably not that clear at all. And you've experienced that. Like you've lost how much weight now? I think like 14 pounds. 14 pounds already. And the scrilla in your eye is so much whiter. Your liver looks healthier. Like the choices that you're making are so much better when it comes to food. Now, how does that play out in business? Well, I, I remember we were talking on the phone and you're like, if you change how you feel physiologically and your confidence goes up, everything changes and yeah. your confidence is inherently going to change. You know, it's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's just obvious. And who doesn't, when they start to get into physical fitness and feel that vitality, who doesn't 
all of a sudden walk yeah. with a little bit of a different swagger. I w- interviewed uh, Robert Greene recently, who wrote The Art of Yeah, Seduction, of course. The 50 Laws, laws of Power, he yeah. 50 Cent. Yeah, that's right. 50 Cent, love that book. And he did the, he helped write 50's book. That's yeah. right. And I love how I call 50 like he's my homie. <laughs> Shout out, 50. But what's interesting is when he was talking about The Art of Seduction, he was saying, you actually don't have to be physically attractive to be attractive. Yeah. Like it is all in your state. All in your state. And I think about how we all have limiting beliefs that create like we already believe something because we buy into a narrative, which again goes back to David Hawkins saying like, you're just agreeing to a program. You're agreeing to a program and all you got to do is say, I don't agree to that. I don't consent to that program. And I thought about like when I became a father, the program is you get dad bod, you all of a sudden get out of shape. And I was like, what happens if I just completely throw that in the garbage and I actually get in the best shape of my life using the motivation of looking at my son yeah. and thinking, well, how can I not? Like, I need to be here for you. I need to, I need to demonstrate to you what vitality and good choices are. And I know becoming yeah. a father, like you're prepping for that. Do you feel that like, as you see Bailey and you see the baby inside, are you just like, oh, I got to. I got to level it up even more. Oh, my God. I've never been more motivated than I am right now. Well, get out of the way then. And those societal pressures, those agreements that society has where it's like dad bod. Right. right? There's tons of them. You got to get this job. You got to have a relationship like this. Don't get too excited about, you know, don't want too much. You should be grateful for what you have. And it's like, think about how much that line has kept people in mediocrity because normal is really accepting that. Agreed. Right. It's yeah. Like, don't don't reach too high, and you know, keep the addictions because we all have them. So you might as well just. Well, and beliefs beliefs make us heavy, and I had my my Don, who I've been working with for like fifteen years. He talks a little bit about this, but he's like, if you have a lot of beliefs, they make you heavy, and if you're heavy, you can't fly. Mm-hmm. To have knowing is to be able to fly. So you want to remove all the beliefs that you have, good beliefs, bad beliefs. What would it be like to have no beliefs? And just always be that there are no rules. Yeah, there are no rules. You're always reorienting. You're always like, well, what feels true for me in this moment? And then you're guiding your inner knowing. You're guided by your inner knowing. I play with that a lot, thinking like, well, what happens if like even you and I are constructed, you know, we're perceptions. We you yeah. live in my optic nerve right now, right? Yeah. So does that mean this is inside of me because it's coming through my optic nerve? But if you think about things like manifestation or dis-ease, things like that. Things like The Secret, right? Where people go, oh, that's just fucking woo bullshit. But if you actually are willing to say yes to the possibility, and then you just test, you just play. Like all of a sudden you start to, and then 11-11s mean a different thing. 3-3-3s mean a different thing. Like I always laugh if I just touched my phone to, because I needed to look at something. Yeah. And it's that exact number. And I'm like, shit, I haven't looked all at my phone in day. an hour. And it's yeah. like, Wow. I like to call them glimmers, right? You have triggers and you have glimmers. Glimmers are, I've observed this. I've actually gone into a theta state and I saw a future version of me reorienting the physical universe as I knew it in high speed where it was like, hey, Drew. And it was me like phasing in like the flash. You know what I'm saying? Or like behind a door or a glass window. And I'm like, what was that? And then you tune in and it's like, wait, that was me. So you're actually working. What I like to think is I'm actually working as a guide on the side for the actor, which is Drew in this seat, but there's a director going on 
where it's like moving through time and space and creating the reality that we're actually viewing. And they give you these glimmers to be like, hey, <laughs> hey are you awake? Right. And if you're awake to tune into the stream of the glimmer enough, like it's almost like a warp field, like opening in Star Trek when your physical body goes through it and all of a sudden you're in a different dimension. Well, then you can jump a timeline. So if you can jump into a different timeline that has a higher vibration by tracking glimmers, it's actually and then your whole life becomes heaven on earth. I love what you said, how if you can follow the glimmer, you can jump a timeline. You can follow the glimmer. I heard this thing where it was saying that um, I read it. It was saying. You know, we often think about going back in time and then butterfly effect, like yeah. don't change anything or you're going to fuck up the whole world. But we don't think about now being a butterfly effect to create a future. Yeah. And I was like, and that's like, we know how powerful we are if we went in the past and changed everything. Like we would, you know, dismantle the universe. Yeah. But why not dismantle it now? You could do both. Right. Because but if time you don't only... think of time as not being linear, yeah. which is again, a, a program. And time is a memory. And you can alter your memories. That's so true because think about how inaccurate like a eyewitness is. Exactly. Right? Or think about how even how inaccurate our memories are of our traumas. Well, I like to relate that to a fax machine. So if you fax something 50 times, 100 times, how clear is the fax going back and looking at it after you do? Right. That's your memory. So if you can go back and reorient yourself to the memory that you had, be it the abuse that I had, right? I've done this a lot where it's like, I'll go back, look at it with vivid color, change it to black and white, imagine circus music playing behind it, imagine people laughing like this isn't the real reality, what's the reality that I want, and then I imagine that. Well, then it's a much more empowering past. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a victim, not only mentally, but also physically, because a lot of those emotions are stored in your fascia, in your tissue, in your muscle. Oh, your gut, like yeah. you think about like, and that's not to minimize the experience of being a victim, right? I think that's the misconception that occurs is we think if we choose to take a memory and make it empowering and transformative and actually yeah. that moment we decide to change how we see what's occurred to us to perhaps changing it to for us, then all of a sudden we are now using that as the juice, as the like fuel to create, to create something like Organifi. Yeah, right? trauma's to fuel. Create, create the love. Like these were yeah. all born from places of pain where it was like, I don't know how we're gonna get there, but this matters to me now. And I, I think it really reminds us that like the things that break our heart are not by accident. And you might be the first person, in, you were the first person in whatever your father's lineage is to navigate and actually confront the trauma. So the bigger question is, was it my father or was it me? And that's how you heal all the second chakra stuff that we were talking about even before this podcast, where it's like, if you can truly forgive, Mm. Right, like what you went to through. be separate. Right, we were talking about separation. How, uh, Carolyn Mace talks about how the second commandment is communion, to be in union. Yeah, and if you hold something as opposed or resent or anger, yeah, you see it as other, and so you're separate from. Yeah, and to heal it, it is actually to send love to the thing you hate. We think, but we're, we're all capable of these things. Yeah. That's also like the the mind fuck of being a human is that we project our own morality onto others or our own experience. We don't believe that we're capable of doing anything that we see what we consider evil people doing. And I know you are. Everyone is. And I know I am. But that yeah. actually, the belief that you're not capable is actually what makes you susceptible. And that's where judgment comes in. But our families, our cultures are not oriented around that. Must punish these right. people because they're they different deserve, than us. They, not this yeah. like rest. I mean, look at how we treat the earth. It's like extractive, not restoration. 
Yeah. You know, not working in symbiosis with it, which is the same union, communion, community, working in symbiosis. Because like what else heals people than to be loved? Based on the time of year and what's going on in the world, I am all about making sure that my immune system is operating at its best. I want to make sure that it is in tip-top shape so that whatever it might meet, it is able to fight off. And so one of the ways I do that is I use Organifi Immunity. It's 100% organic. It's got 500% of your recommended daily dose of vitamin C. And that vitamin C is sourced from organic cherries. It contains the immune-boosting power of ginger, turmeric, and also zinc. It is gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, all of those things. And as I said, 100% organic. And it also has a vegan source of D3 from lichen moss. And that provides 1,000 international units of vitamin C, which is 188% of our daily recommended dose. Vitamin D is so important to modulate innate and adaptive immunity. So if you're interested in giving your immune system a boost and a little bit of extra oomph in order to fight off what might come towards you this season, check out Organifi.com slash create the love. You get 20% off anything you order from there. They have such incredible products. I love them as a brand. I love them as a culture. I love them as a company. Go check them out now. And I think, you know, what's challenging about not doing the work within oneself, like you were talking about, like that work of self love, of nourishment, of. Yeah. Because, like, to put foods that you know don't make you feel good in your body. And this isn't like villainizing types of foods or having balance, but it's like to put something you know makes you feel bad in your body is not to be in a loving, reverent relationship to your body. And then we're like, well, maybe it's because I have this or I had trauma. Sure, we have, we can always come up with reasons. It's not to minimize reasons, but it's to say like, when are you going to decide that it's done, that you get to actually, and how do I, if you tell me you love me, but I don't make decisions that validate that, I won't believe you. Mm-hmm. So the level of, you know, that saying is like the depth of which you can love another is always limited love by the yourself. depth to which you love yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think through love, like, you know, being able to look into the eyes of someone who loves unconditionally is to wake up something within us that we know is possible but what have not experienced yet. So that's why I think the discomfort of being loved by someone yeah. who we don't know how to receive, if we really accept that gift, it will make us go to a place. That's why I think relationship Although it's one of, I think it is one of the ultimate greatest super highways, yeah, to the path to liberation from patterns, yeah. from codependency, from trauma. Because mm-hmm. like, if you love someone enough, a child I think is in a special, a very special opportunity for that. But if you love them enough, like if you look at them and you accept that pure, I mean, it's pure. It's like that could actually be the vehicle for to be done with every all your addictions, yeah, all your bullshit. I used to play around with that. I would be in coffee shops and restaurants and I would look at a waitress or a waiter and I would just visualize them as God, as Jesus in disguise, right? I've done this. It's fucking wild. And I would would literally, and you know this because you've done it, I would literally see them completely shift and change. If they could be in the worst mood ever, like they'd come over and give me an attitude and I'm like, okay, let me Jedi mind, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking me, for. Yeah. Let me Yeshua yeah, you. Yeshua you. <laughs> yeah. And the, their energy completely changes because you're literally viewing somebody as if they are God. And I think that's the way we get to look at every human being. We're not separate from them. You're not separate from Justin Trudeau. No. I'm not separate He's from my dad. He's a gift for me to dad. hear things, to evolve. To, yeah. There's one thing I've learned in volume in the last three years is 
how to be with opposition and love it, how to be with difference and love it, how to be different and and seek to love that, you yeah. know, what it's causing for me. The, the contrast. The, pain, the, the feeling of a lack of belonging, knowing that actually belonging is still here. It's just the perception of how. 100%. See, it doesn't mean there's a minimization of the pain that's occurring in the 3D. But it's like my mind is what's causing the suffering. Which that's a, a really confronting thing to explore because then you realize that you could actually just shift how you see things, which will then shift your suffering, which would then shift your exactly. body. Right. This is how you see it, but and also equally as important is the standard in which you hold them and the standard in which you hold yourself. So if you're looking to have the most epic relationship, and you know this just as well as I do because I've attracted my beloved and she's absolutely this angel on earth. She's you know, fair. everywhere she goes, she's like raising the vibration. But at the standard that I had to hold Drew, young Drew, the tortured Drew, had to shift. And there was levels to that. It's like, how much love can I let in my heart? How, what about these triggers? It's uh, the analogy is, you know, we've all heard this, but it's like the fat hand pressing the buttons. It's like, I had this gigantic mitten with just one giant finger and anything anybody did, it was like, ah, one, button, ah, one button, one button. I was triggered all the time. And then I just, you know, eventually I'm getting to this place and I still have triggers, but it's like, wait a minute, she's not separate from me. She's actually God speaking to me through her, her vessel. And it's like, she has this innate wisdom that I don't have. Let me listen to her a little bit more. Mm. And then I, when I'm in my highest, it's like, I'm not triggered by anything. It's like, I literally see the unconditional love pouring out of her and the love coming from her. And it's like, how can I give more love to that? How can I treat her like an altar? And this kid that's coming into this earth plane, this little baby girl, how can I actually receive her as the altar and just love her up more than any human possibly could? And that's what I'm looking forward to. Dude, that's going to be epic. Yeah. And I acknowledge you for navigating those edges. Cause oh, my God. When I think about, like, the exhaustion or the – I just keep coming back to, like, this is the dojo. Like, there are not many opportunities. No. That are – and I got to tell you, know, there's moments where I don't – I get kicked out of the dojo. But when I come back and I'm like, this is the work. Like, can I find an extra second in this trigger? Can I sit just a little longer? Can I be with my reactivity and ask it questions? Is this yeah. her or is it me? And it's, to be honest, when it comes back, it's, <laughs> it's usually me. It's all you. you it's know? all me too. Yeah. And it, and I'm like, man, she's she's nursing two lives. And <laughs> I laugh when there's that joke of... Um, <laughs> Who's nursing who? Yeah. And then, it, you know, that... Bailey's laughing at me right now because you and I are on the same page, dude. <laughs> so, well, it's true. And, and you know, it's interesting. I was listening to this uh, podcast the other day about parenting. And in it, the woman was saying, like, we've sent this cultural message that men are actually just meant to be inequipped parents, that they're just not as skilled, that they're not as nurturing. Yeah. Men are. She's like, it's all bullshit. Total BS. We don't hold them to the standard that they're actually even so capable of. And they were talking not about their partners because their partners yeah. were men that they saw the possibility in, that they were like, you've got this. And I was like, man, that's so interesting that culturally we've said like, we don't tend to value men and we don't tend to value fathers. And then we wonder why men, when they're called toxic their whole lives, or that's what the message is. The projection. That when they need to step into these powerful places that involve true emotionality. 100%. The, the world has said, get rid of your emotions. You're going to go to war. Get rid of your emotions. Uh, you're a pussy. You know, whatever it is. And so it is like such an act of rebellion to do emotional work as a man. Because you have to let the belief that men are toxic die. You have to let the belief that emotions are weak die. 
But we stress how much we need to sit with and be with women, which of course is important. But like that there's somehow, it's like a selling out feminism to acknowledge the role of the masculine or the role of the provider, which has been really cool for, because Kai can hold that conversation and not be triggering in any way. We like get to explore the cultural dynamics and that that might come up for me. But also for women, I know what comes up is like to be a stay-at-home mom is considered not you know, feminist anymore. They don't want to be a burden. I think right. most women don't want to be a burden. No. So now they're, they've been taught that getting a job and making money for the family is like the thing to do. And it's total bullshit. Well, yeah, it's one path. But, you know, yeah. I think the other side culturally, which I mean, this goes down so many paths because culturally the value of the family has gone down. And in order to pay for a house, it often requires two working parents. And we don't have village anymore. Because we're living in apartments and buildings and, you know, 15-minute cities, you know, shit. You and I aren't in 15-minute cities, dude. No, and I have no interest because to me I'm feeling, (laughs) I think this is like a pretty, I feel like this call, but I I get that I might just be in like a, (laughs) in a reflective space where other people are feeling that way just by who I hang out with. But I feel like there's this sense of desire to return back to village. 100%. Back to community, back to, like, growing your own food. When you grow your own food, you have sovereignty. Well, and something changes, too. Like, putting a seed in the ground and having a tomato plant get eight feet tall in, like, 30 days and then having unlimited tomatoes, it's literally like an Easter egg in the Matrix where it's like, wait a minute. We came to a planet. We have unlimited water. We have unlimited food. We have unlimited resources. But now they created money to kind of control us and keep us captive. Right. Like, what's really going on here? Yeah, well, when you look at all the layers of that, it's such a mindfuck, you know, because that's, I think, what's confronting about any rabbit hole you go down about a system is you realize the system was created and it benefits the people who run the system. Mm-hmm. And I think people are waking up to that. So then the focus is, is what is working. Right, exactly. And, and like the villages is working. It's always worked. Community's working. The man being the provider, call it what it is, but that's worked. Yeah, and there's different constructs for different folks, right? Like everyone has different circumstances, but like to shame any circumstance as not the way because it's like we seem to be villainizing anything that's historical. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. anything that's evolutionarily got us here. And so I want to get back to like where your mission brought you because it brought you to creating Organifi. Yeah. And how did you even discover because I love Organifi. I mean, I mean, I knew it before I knew you, but it's what connected me to you, which was I'm so grateful for. And, you know, you guys yeah. have been a longtime sponsor of the show, which I've been so grateful for because we're so ideologically aligned. Yeah. And that was just easy for me because it was like, oh, these products I know people could take. They're going to love them. And they're it's from gonna, the earth. Right. It's going to make them feel good. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what were the core principles or values that made you create the company? It kind of goes hand in hand with everything we've talked about so far. It's like the village of humanity and having things that are created out of the technology of Mother Earth. You got adaptogens that have been shown by science since the beginning of time, you know, Ayurvedic science, that lower stress, like the ashwagandha and green juice, 600 mil of KSM66, which literally lowers stress when you drink it. It's like zen in a cup, I like to call it. The green juice is good because if you taste green juices normally, they taste like yeah. lawnmower cuttings and mix them yeah. with water. And there's no sugar. It's sweetened with just a dab of monk fruit, which I like better than stevia because stevia can kind of have the flavor thing going on. It's got matcha in it, ashwagandha, chlorella, spirulina, lemon, beet juice. But you don't taste the beet. It's a flavor of beet that doesn't have it. 
Uh, the moral of the story is it tastes absolutely incredible. It's organic glyphosate residue free. So it helps alkalize your body. And when your body's alkaline, your mind is alkaline. You have acidic thoughts and alkaline thoughts. So it's as above, so below, right? There's so many things that it does for you, just taking it every day consistently for an extended period of time that blows me away. I've seen thousands of testimonials at this point. We've sold millions of bottles of green juice. and Is it the most popular product? That we have. Yeah, it sells better than anything else. I'm an advocate for the chocolate. The chocolate Especially gold. as I've been I've been working with Ben Azadi. He runs yeah. Keto Camp. So I've been doing exploring keto and flexing yep. in and out of it. And I'm like, oh, I still love chocolate. I said, so I've been either eating, I eat 100% chocolate and I have chocolate gold yeah. for dessert. Because to me, it's like I'm having a hot chocolate. There's no And sugar. it tastes like chocolate. It tastes phenomenal. And what is it? I saw it a report. turmeric in it too, doesn't it? Yeah, turmeric. Yeah. It's got uh, reishi. It's got... What is it? Passion flower now? We put passion flower in it. So it helps with your brain, helps you sleep. It's got 500 milligrams of lemon balm, which it's, so good. it's like a stress. It's like an elephant dart in your neck. Like <laughs> just had some chocolate gold. You know, it's it's really and it beats cravings down. That's why I liked it. Because yeah. when I was first kicking carbs like sugar in a high quantity, yeah, um, it crushes was, cravings. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm st- my brain, I'm still getting this and it tastes sweet. But it's delicious. What is the next direction for Organifi? Well, we want to get into the kids' market. We are all about, chill, of course, having a baby yeah, and like seeing what's out there for yeah. kids. It's like kids don't like to eat veggies. So we're developing a kids' green drink that tastes awesome. We're backing off the ashwagandha, of course. They don't need the adaptogens that most adults need nowadays because of the health stuff that we're going through. Humans are just chronically stressed out. Kids, not so much. They just need more veggies, more greens. It's organic, glyphosate residue free, super high quality. And to be honest, I like the taste of the kids even better than the adult it's green pretty juice. Good. It's so good. When's that coming out? In the next month. Oh, and sweet. then we have an immunity. She legit gummies are coming out. She legit gummies. She legit gummies. You have you tried she legit? Oh yeah, yeah. It tastes yeah. like dirt water. It's it right? definitely has a potent taste. It's so gross. <laughs> Our gummies are cinnamon and vanilla, and it tastes remarkable for she legit. And if you, you feel turn good. She legit into a positive taste. You f- and she legit's awesome for you. It's got so many minerals. I take she so, legit from a company called Mana, and uh, I noticed it raised my HRV. Oh yeah, the minerals. It's so insane. So we wanted a good mineral. You know, Pure has minerals. Our Peak Power has minerals. But we didn't have a she legit. And we're like, we don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Let's do something different. And we created a That's gummy. a great idea. Yeah. When does that go? In the next two weeks. So, so maybe in luck. time for your podcast. Oh, you may already have yeah. the gummies. I better gummy them up. And we have, with Angie and Arlen, we have a protein coming, Hard to Kill Protein, which is going to be incredible. And you said it's a grass-fed It way. tastes better than any grass-fed whey that's out What's there. the flavor of it? Well, we added honey and butter to it with grass-fed whey. I mean, you could imagine the flavor. Vanilla. That's be so good. We have a chocolate coming. It is unreal. Okay, well, I can't wait to try that. Yeah, powdered honey, butter, like dream. It's a dream product. I'm curious for the people listening, where can they find more? Yeah. We also have a code for Organifi that we'll just put on the pod. It'll be the link in the show notes where could people, all these links that we um, share will be in there. Yeah, so Drew Canoli across all the channels. Drew and You is my podcast, and then also Organifi. So Perfect. And your Organifi code is? I think it's Groves. Yeah, 20% off 
yes. for all your family members and everybody that's in there. So what would you recommend to them? Like if you were, if it was somebody that hasn't heard of Organifi, they're just starting out. Green, green juice is like a no brainer. Yeah. And Have you noticed a testosterone lift with green juice? You know what? I haven't, I'll pay attention to that. Yeah. But I haven't actually like done the, the well, test the, on that. The KSM 66 trial showed that testosterone went up 27% in a 60 day trial. So a lot of people are like, screw TRT. A lot of things for dads is they don't know that it's natural for dads, estrogen to go up and testosterone to go down. Because, yeah, mine went up. Yeah, because of the exposure to the pheromones of a pregnant woman. And then I was saying to you that it's also shown that if a man co-sleeps with the baby and the mother, the estrogen goes up in order for the man to be more attuned yeah. with co-sleeping, which makes sense. Um, but I'll, tr I'll pay attention to that. I never even thought of that. Yeah, do it for 60 days straight. Pay attention to your T levels. You can get a hormone test for like 97 bucks. I'll send you a link if you don't, if you need somebody, yeah. but test it before and after, you'll be blown away. Thanks for coming, bro. <laughs>